Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of your favorite Mad Men podcast. That's right, I'm talking about Made Men, ladies and gentlemen. I'm coming at you this Friday, and I have to say, it's been a rough one. Not as far as watching the television show and ready to podcast about it, but I have been basically sick all week, dealing with a cough. I had a, I took a sick day. I worked from home the rest of the week, and I just feel drained. Yesterday at this time, I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to podcast? Am I going to be five minutes? How will I prevail? This morning, it's before work. I, I feel better. I got some cough medicine in me. I have some caffeine in me. I still feel a little shall I say, foggy, and um, but I'm ready to roll, I'm ready to talk, I'm ready to podcast. Let me just make an excuse that anything I get wrong, anything that um, doesn't sound like it makes sense, I will blame on the cough medicine and on my lack of sleep because I've been keeping myself up coughing to the point where my wife left me for the guest room last night. She, le- she didn't leave me, she left me and went to the guest room. Uh, because the cough was uh, ridiculous. But that's not about, it's not about my personal life. It's about Don Draper's personal life. And we got very personal with him tonight and his family in, tonight ep- in tonight's episode, episode five of season three, The Fog. See what I did there before when I said fog? It's all kind of, you know, I work it, I bring it together. It's uh, it's what I like to call professional podcasting. Yes, the fog, where, you know, I like to find the literal meaning and the figurative meaning of these titles. Um, but I think, as far as I can tell, it was one main meaning. What is the fog? We'll get there. This episode of Mad Men. How did it start? I, I, I'm really bad at this. I just finished it. I mean, I... I I, I made myself a bagel. I made myself some coffee. I put on Netflix. I watched the episode. It ended. I picked up my recorder and I'm like, wait, how did that just start? That's not good. That is, and I'm going to blame the cough medicine on that. Um, my goodness gracious. I mean, I could tell you everything that happened. The big storyline of this is Betty Draper going into labor. That's the main storyline that I will have to say happened. Uh, but there is a lot, there was a lot of in-office stuff too. And I'm always fascinated with the in-office stuff. And if I completely um, have this stuff out of order, you know me by now. That's how I roll. So in the office, we had um, Pete working with um, Kinsey. Is that how the, the whole thing started? Where Kinsey was talking about how great Marx is? Karl Marx's and and um, Pete is kind of going through trying to figure things out for a uh, television company called Admiral and he realizes based on the data that perhaps uh, more black people buy Admiral televisions than other televisions and you know it's it's his kind of thinking do we start targeting the quote-unquote Negro audience. And, you know, he he just sees it as this is something that's possible. This is what you do. This is where the money is. This is where you go. Uh, he, he talks to someone in the 
in the elevator, the guy who runs the elevator. He tries to get his perspective. Um, and he tells the guy he's being very narrow-minded, which is exactly what Pete was being because Pete um, says, oh, here's, here's, a, here's a black man. I will ask him about his television. Why does he like his television? He'll answer, and that'll be the answer I get for everything. So Pete's a little narrow-minded with that. Um, he also ends up bringing the, uh, the whole idea of the um, targeting, you know, black people in black advertise in black uh, publications. He brings that to the company uh, that makes the televisions, and they didn't. They were like, "We're going to make a double advertising for black and for white." And Pete's like, "No, you integrate it." And they're like, "Is that e- is that even legal?" Uh, and you could see they just weren't into it to the point where they went back and complained to Roger and uh, and Burt Cooper uh, because they're so racist. That they didn't even want to be uh, to even think about advertising to black people. Oh, the oh, the humanity, uh, and and the fact that uh, Pete got screamed at. But I liked that Pete didn't back down. He was like, "This is what this is where the money was. This is what was I supposed to do?" And you know, Roger was yelling at him, and Pete did not apologize. He looked he looked kind of annoyed that it was even happening. So points to Pete, even though he's a creep. Points to Pete for having the uh, for for kind of sticking up for his his feelings there. Um, also going on with Pete was he got a phone call from his quote unquote uncle who happened to be old Duck Phillips. I almost called him Puck. Uh, blame the cough medicine, Duck Phillips. Uh, oh, I thought I was done with him. Ugh, now he's out there with his his smooth voice trying to trying to woo people from Sterling Cooper over to where he is. What is he, a gray or something like that? Is that what it's called? <coughs> Cough button. Um, so he talks about bringing Pete in for a lunch. And, you know, okay, what's a lunch? Big deal. Pete shows up for a lunch with, with Duck. And who's there but Peggy? Peggy's already there. What? Because Duck is also trying to talk to Peggy. And he's like, I understand you two have a relationship. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he, I don't know if he meant like a professional relationship and they just kind of scoffed at the idea that they had an affair because they did. Um, and But basically, Duck didn't dig too deep into it except more professionally their relationship and he trying to woo them over to his place. And I loved Pete was like, why would I do that? Um, I thought I was having my lunch alone. If you want to woo me, woo me on my own time. And he just walked off. Um, Peggy was a little more... Uh, she she was a little more amiable. Is that the term? I'm not sure what the term is I'm looking for, but she listened a little more. She stuck around. Um, and she ended up taking her uh, feelings to Don. She didn't specifically say what happened, but she did talk to him about possibly getting a pay raise. She's like, Kinsey does the same thing I do. I'm better at it, and he's getting paid more. There's equal pay, you know, and I think I deserve it. And honestly... Don's like, it's not a good time. And you, 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 that is a shit excuse for equal pay for someone doing the same job. But I, you also know that it isn't a completely terrible excuse because earlier in the episode, they were in on a meeting. That might have been how the episode started, being in on the meeting. They're in on this meeting and uh, Don shows up. And the meeting is really about penny pinching and about um, 
office supplies and about expense reports. Don hears that for five seconds and just walks right back out, doesn't care about it anymore. Um, the British guy ends up coming into Don's office. I still don't know his name. He ends up coming into Don's office. They share a drink. They talk a little bit about um, the, the the reality of the expense reports. And Don's like, you know, the people's morale, you know, is more important. You should really pay attention to that. Um, and that was that was all that really came out of that, as far as I can tell. But that is the predecessor to Don talking to Peggy, saying, you know, the the money isn't there you know, right now to give you a raise. And Peggy walks out saying, you know, what if this is my time? And Pete sees Peggy walking out of Don's office and Pete's like, uh, what were you doing? Did you talk to him about what happened in there? And she's like, it's none of my business. It's my, it's my business only. It's none of your business. And she didn't specifically, but she didn't let Pete know that either, which I thought was kind of mean and also kind of great. Um, so just left Pete to stew in his Pete-ness, I guess you could say. Uh, geez, I'm trying to think. I want to cover everything that happened in the office first uh, before we go out of the office for everything else that happened. Um, I think that covers most of it, I believe, in the office. If anything else pops up, I shall let you know. Oh, well, um, uh, Pete is completely uh, jealous of... Ken, Ken's got, he thinks Ken's got all the good accounts. Ken walks in and is like, you guys want to go to the Yankee game tonight? And look at my new watch. Bing, bang, boom. Um, and I think that's really it. Uh, so why don't we go outside of the office and back to the Draper household. They had to go to uh, Sally's school because of, um, because Sally kind of got in a little pushing fight with a girl from work, girl from school. And uh, the teacher, you know, finds out that, you know, Sally's grandfather just passed away and she took it as um, she, the, the, the teacher was like, oh, that has to be it. And, you know, and she took it sad. And um, Sally, I mean, Betty couldn't really deal with the conversation about her dad's death right now. So she left the room and the teacher apologized. And uh, then the teacher called later with her bra strap hanging out. Look, this is the same teacher that when they were dancing around the maypole, Don was had his feet, his hand in the grass while she was dancing in the grass. This is the same teacher. She calls up later and just seemed a little, a little drunk, a little flirty, and Don had no problem talking to her on the phone. So I'm assuming I'm awaiting for the moment where Don bangs the teacher. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if I could say that in a less classy way, but that's just the first thing that popped in my head. Uh, also, I, I really like the actress. I watched her on a time travel show that just ended this year, Timeless, uh, and yeah, she's delightful. Jeez, you know, so... Uh, oh, well, Betty, you know, she's still very pregnant, uh, except Don comes home and she's like, uh, hello, anybody here? And, and she's like, hi, Don, I'm ready. Boom. What? Oh, yeah. It's time for the third baby Draper to be born. So she's like, um, the kids are already gone. Let's go. You have your keys in your hand. Boom. So they head to the hospital 
wheels are in and the, the, the nurse is like, you can't park in the emergency room space. Your job is done here. Takes, takes Betty Draper and wheels her away and that's it for Don. You know, I remember when my niece and nephew were born, my brother was right there, bing, bang, in the room. Uh, that's the way it is now. The way it was then is you're done, sir. Go enjoy yourself in the waiting room for hours. So Don heads to a waiting room, and there he is basically alone with one other dude who is a prison guard who's also waiting on his uh, on his word of his wife and kid. Uh, he's been waiting for a while, and then the nurse shows up, Yearly Smith. You might know her as Lisa Simpson. Uh, and it's tough because her voice is basically Lisa Simpson's voice. She just doesn't – when she does Lisa, she gets a little higher. It's it's pretty much the exact same voice. So whenever I hear her, all I hear is, you know, Lisa Simpson or the or you know her voice never changed. So she's still the same character, same actress that was in the Legend of Billie Jean or in uh, Over Maximum Overdrive. Um, to me, it's always that same voice. And she told the uh, prison guard guy, "Oh, you're, you're sorry. We didn't let you know that your child is in breach. Your wife's doing okay, but, uh, but your child is in breach, and we'll keep you updated." And um, he's like, "What the hell?" And he was like, "I thought this was supposed to be enjoyable." And he, you know, him and Don kind of end up um, hanging out. This guy brought a bottle. They have a couple drinks. They they get cigarettes from the smoke machine. They talk. They bond. Um, Don has some words of wisdom for him because this is his third time. This is this guy's first kid. And he talks a little bit about his job as the prison in the prison. Uh, and then kind of time goes by and this guy gets woken up. You know, he's asleep. Don's watching TV. He gets woken up that everything's okay. His son is born. His wife's okay. We're good to go. So the guy's like, thank you, Don. Thank you so much. You've been great. You're, you're a good guy. Everything's going to work out great. And he he takes off a little while. Actually, we don't even see Don get called in. So meanwhile, Betty is really having a rough go of things as far as emotionally um, and physically. And, you know, she's dealing with uh, being in pain, being uh, in mourning for her dad and being drugged up and having to deal with this major moment. Uh, and her doctor not even being there, having a backup doctor. So she is arguing about things. She's going in and out of dreamy situations, being in, in her neighborhood, seeing a little, uh, little, what are those light worms, the little worms, the little green things, inchworms, is that what they're called? Um, seeing one of those, you know, she's having these visions. She sees while they're wheeling her, she sees a janitor that looks just like her dad from behind. She's like, daddy, um, because everyone that age should still call their dad, daddy. And later on, she sees the same guy in her house, and it is her dad. And I don't know if the – it probably was her dad then too, just kind of they didn't show him to give you that kind of confusion. And he's like, hey, how you doing? Um, you know, just uh, – she's like, I'm – he was kind of talking to her like she was going to die, I thought. So go talk to your mother, and how are you doing? And he's mopping up blood, and, and it was really weird. Um, She's like, I, you know, I, I miss you or something like that. I just watched it. That's how bad I'm doing. Um, sorry. Um, and, you know, the, the we see her mother for the first time. And the mother is, um, has her hand on the back of a black man who's bleeding. I wasn't sure if, what the symbolism was exactly for that. Uh, but she's like, close your mouth or you're going to let flies in. Because remember, her mother seemed like a real 
terrible, horrible person. Um, and the one time, I think this is the first time we've seen her, she seems to be that bad. Uh, but later, I don't remember much that happens in, the, in these dreams besides that. Uh, just this weird kind of music playing, this weird, like, fancy, you know, daydream kind of music. And then later we see Betty wake up in the hospital holding her baby in her arms and Don standing at the foot of her bed. And she's like, she's beautiful. And he goes, it's a boy. And they have a boy. And right away she's like, Eugene, you're going to name him Eugene. He's like, well, we could uh, we could hold off on that. Uh, later on, Don says in the episode to Peggy, oh, they, we don't have a name yet. Or he said it to... Um, to uh, Cooper, um, I mean not Cooper to Roger Sterling, because Roger called him and basically he's like, "She did all the hard work, not you." And he kind of yelled at him to get back to work in a, in a joking way. Yeah, while he was eating a ice cream sundae, um, he was like, "What are the initials?" Jane wants to give something to her yet. He's like, "Oh, we don't have a name yet." But later on in the episode, we see Peggy fill out the birth certificate, and it's Eugene Scott um, uh, uh, Draper. I don't know if he's going to start going by Scott Draper. I don't know. Uh, but it is Eugene. And I have to be honest with you. I was not expecting this to go well. I'm thinking to myself, I don't see, I don't remember seeing anything with them having three kids. I don't, I, I always thought it was Sally and Bobby. I feel like all this art, it's only two kids. Am, am I missing stuff? All these photos, it's only two kids. Maybe I just don't know what I'm even talking about. Or maybe I am foreseeing terrible things, but I don't remember seeing a third kid. So I was expecting there to be um, a stillbirth. I was expecting there to be an accident. I was expecting something terrible to happen, some kind of tragedy. And it didn't. And Don was walking down to meet, um, you know, going back to the hospital. He sees the prison guard pushing his wife out. The prison guard looks at him and smiles for a second. And Don smiles back, like real happy. The prison guard smiles for just a moment. And then his, the look on his face changes to like, I shouldn't smile. I shouldn't smile at you. I'm sad. Something's bad. And he just like has a real sad look on his face. And then I'm thinking, oh my God, what does that mean? This guy knows something. Something bad has happened to the baby. And this guy heard about it. But nothing. I've seen nothing. So I don't know what that means. Is that Don projecting? Is that this guy, you know, being not being as good of a person as you think he is? What the hell was that? And are we ever going to find out? Is that ever going to mean anything? I don't know. That was weird. Um, but Don and Betty take the baby home. And uh, they drive the baby home while the baby's sitting in the, you know, right in the mother's arms in the front seat. No seatbelt. That's just the way it was. Um, I don't even want to think of how many accidents probably have happened over the years because of something like that. Bring her. They bring the kid home, and Bobby and Sally are happy to meet her, meet him. Um, and yeah, I mean, they they've got the baby. They, um, then if we, we kind of kick forward to the, uh, kick forward. Did I just make something up? Um, they flash up. That doesn't even make sense later. Basically it dissolves <laughs> into them being asleep at night and the baby crying. And of course, Betty's got to get up and, and, and take care of the baby. And that music starts playing and you see Betty just kind of standing there for a moment, just looking like, uh. 
and then heads into the baby's room to take care of the crying baby. She's not going to give the baby the breast, they said. And there was something interesting that was in the dream sequence with her dad. He said, you're, you're a house cat. You're a house cat. You're important, but you have nothing to do or something like that. It was, I, I should have written it down. He said, you're a house cat. You're, you know, you're very important, but you have no purpose or you have nothing to do or something along the lines of, you know, basically this is what you do all day. You're just home all day, taking care of home all day. Um, and I think I just covered every ep- everything in the episode. Pete, you know, seeing the uh, that, you know, black people are buying a certain brand, thinking about advertising specifically to black people and kind of getting yelled at for it. But at the same time, they're, uh, the British guy's like, you know, this is something worthwhile looking into. Uh, uh, Peggy possibly getting wooed by Duck because she's not making enough money living in the city right now. Um, Roger eating an ice cream and yelling at Pete. Uh, Bert just kind of, you know, listening to it all. Uh, We got Kinsey who's into Marx. Uh, Harry Crane who supports uh, the television market in but even though the Admiral TV guys are too racist to do anything about it. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Sal, he was there for a moment. His expense report was a little more than uh, than Don's. And that was, that was they were really, uh, that's what they were penny pinching. I've hit pause a lot tonight because of coughing. I, I apologize. Um, and these are all little things that are going on in the storyline. You know, nothing major. You know, uh, uh, Ken is excited because he's got good clients. He's got a nice watch and Yankee tickets. Uh, Pete's the exact opposite. You know, he doesn't feel like he's doing, he's got the great clients. Uh, And, you know, the biggest thing of all is that Don and Betty Draper have a third child, Eugene Scott Draper, brother of Sally and Bobby, named after, of course, Eugene Sr., Betty's dad, and... I'm I'm done. I, I got to get started on work. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I've covered everything. If I missed it, I apologize. I want to say uh, thank you to everybody who's following me on Twitter. A big shout out to at NH Punk, my cousin Joe, who just followed me this past week. Woo! And uh, you can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. You can find us on the the internet at fansnotexperts.com slash MadeMan. On Facebook at fansnotexperts. Um and, uh, you know, anywhere podcasts are available. If you're listening to us right now and you want to subscribe, check us out anywhere you can get a podcast. You can subscribe and listen to Made Men. And if you do subscribe through something that, like iTunes, go shoot us a review. A five-star review um, telling us how awesome and handsome we are. And by we, I mean me. If you could do that, I will, um, I will buy you a pony. Um, once I get enough money to, uh, afford a pony, uh, but you know, all these lies and promises are, aren't important. What is important is that you keep listening. What is important is that I go, um, have a little more cough medicine. And I just said cough with a really New York accent, which is strange because I'm in the Boston area. And, um, what's most important is that you subscribe and listen and come up with me on this journey as I strive to be a made man. Fans not experts.